You're listening to Majestic Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Sanderson, and each episode will be a co-creation with a special guest. Thanks for listening, and we're ready to get started now. Welcome everyone who's listening, and I want to give a special welcome today to Sojourner Walker Williams, and she is a magical being who has her hand in so many different things. So we're going to explore some of those things today, including yoga, Reiki, yoga nidra, Ayurveda, and she has a brand new book out called Natural Beauty from the Outside In. So I definitely want to talk about that as well today. So welcome, Sojourner. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much, Heather, for that wonderful introduction. And hello to everyone out there. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they say hello back. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to start by asking you about this book. So how did this book come into your awareness, your being? Where did it start? What is it? Like, what do you want to share about it? <laughs> a really good question. It came into my being before I was cognizant of the fact that it was happening. Um, I love to travel, first of all, and um, I spent a lot of time. I am a trained teacher. And so, you know, the summer's off, I would always like go somewhere um, internationally and teach or um, there were two years where I took like the school year off and like lived abroad and was teaching or working in education in some capacity. And um, around 2005, I embarked upon an Ayurvedic, a holistic Ayurvedic um, lifestyle um, year-long study with Dr. Nana Mirbali of Ayurveda's beauty care. And she was just a phenomenal teacher and just like wisdom keeper and she happened to be a trained esthetician and I feel like a lot of Ayurvedic classes and trainings focus primarily on food and yes that is a big part of it right like food as medicine but what really um like piqued my interest with Dr. Nana is that she was like food is medicine and your skin is your largest, largest organ. And what you put on your skin is also either medicine or a poison. And so that was like, whoa. whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it's like very intuitive to like eat organically and like, right, eat your vegetables, eat your colors, like all those things. You're like, mm -hmm. yes, of course, got it. But when it comes to like what to put on your skin, it's like, I have no idea. And so this course was just mind blowing in so many ways that it introduced me to like herbology and tincture making and salve making and lotion making and all of these different like herbal concoctions and preparations that could be used um, to nourish yourself from the outside in. And so I just kind of sat with that knowledge. I didn't really know what I was going to do with it. I was a full-time middle school English teacher in um, Washington Heights at the time. And so I was just like really, really busy. And this was just like my, my sole 
like nourishing my soul at the time when teaching kind of was not nourishing, speaking for my soul. So I was like, I need this. I don't know why. I just really need this. Um, and so I continued traveling. And one thing that started happening was when I would go to a new country, suddenly I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see this, you can do this, but who are the healers here? What are they doing? What like um, ingredients are endemic to this particular country or location within the country? How are they using? And so that became like my kind of scope. Like I would travel and do all these things, but like I would seek out experiences and people who were able to kind of guide me in these directions of, oh, wow, I had no idea that, um, for example, when I was in Mozambique, that people used um, plant bark uh, it, or, or tree bark as, as medicines in this way, because with my Ayurvedic studies, I had never really worked with tree bark, and I'm like, oh, the outer bark, the inner bark, there's so many different properties of, and so in some of these experiences were accidental and some of them were intentional um, but I started just writing I had a travel blog I kept a journal and um, eventually I was working with clients one-on-one -on -one, and I just kept this big file of recipes that I would make like one-on-one -on -one with a person like they had this particular skin um, thing or something was going on and I'd write up a recipe just for them and keep a file and I'd tweak the recipes, more travels, new ingredients that I learned about. I'd, you know, Ooh, let me try this. Oh my gosh, this feels so much better. This is, oh, this is better for winter because this is heating and this is better for springtime because it is really drying and it helps to like reduce the moisture. And so I just started gathering recipes and then, then it became a book. <laughs> so <laughs> And like by the time it became a book, I was like, oh, wow, this is a book. But while I was doing it, I was just living. I, I you know, so. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I love it because it sounds like this, um, like a curation and collation <laughs> of so many different experiences around the globe that you have now filtered in a way into this package for other people to access. Well stated. Yeah. That, I mean, I love that. Absolutely. I mean, thank you. Thank you for doing that. It, I love hearing the journey. I love hearing the journey because to I, I love hearing about like, oh, I was a teacher and I was doing these things. And then this whole other path appeared and you followed it. Like how did, what, what did that feel like? I followed it in increments because it was a little bit, you know, I wasn't quite sure what the path was. Like Ayurveda is still not fully accepted in mm -hmm. the West. Um, you're more prone to hear about um, like traditional Chinese medicine as opposed to Ayurveda and like insurance will cover you going to see like a traditional Chinese medicine doctor. But um, when it comes to Ayurvedic, it's still like this, I don't know what that is. Um, and so I didn't know really what to do with it. I remember at one point, Dr. Nana was like, you're probably going to feel yourself moving in the food direction or 
in the like apothecary direction. And I was like, hmm, I feel the apothecary direction, but still not quite sure. And it took me years before I was even ready to do consults with people and work with people one-on-one. And, you know, I, I, I kind of parallel to that, I was um, going through my yoga teacher training and, you know, Ayurveda really is the sister science to yoga. And so one informs the other. And that was a whole other like confidence booster because yoga is something more tangible, I think, to the Western brain. It's like, oh, you teach yoga. I understand what that is. And you do this other thing, Ayurveda. I trust you as a yoga teacher. Therefore, I'm going to explore Ayurveda with you as opposed to, hey, let's uh, do a consult. What is that? I don't know. That's weird. No, thanks. So that like once I was certified teaching yoga, I kind of was pulling in a whole package and I'd already um, worked it with energy healing with Reiki um, before the Ayurveda even. And so it was very natural to bring that all in. And it's like opening different doors and windows. I created or started to understand who I am as a, as a healer and a, and a yoga practitioner and as, a, as an educator outside of this very traditional I am teaching school right now, education format. So that's how it kind of came into fruition. And slowly I was like, okay, wow, I don't need to teach to to, to earn a living. I can actually do this. And, but it wasn't like overnight. It was like a 10 year, okay, I'm going to slowly let go of this before I like trust that I can do (laughs) the healing work. So, and you have this beautiful system, it sounds like, from like the physical and the energetic and then the like herbal medicine or medicinal aspect. I I can see them all working together, like you described. Like it's not just one or that, this or that. It's like, oh, a, a whole being probably needs a holistic approach with all of these different aspects included. And took a while. Like my private practice is literally Sojourner Williams integrative healing arts, because I was like, you know, I don't want to just call myself a Reiki practitioner or a yoga instructor because it's so much bigger. Um, It's just, I'm integrating all of these different healing arts, different modalities. And yes. (laughs) I I want to circle back a minute to the Ayurvedic, uh, like, what is it for the people who might be listening who have never even come across that term before? Do you have a way to describe it that is digestible? <laughs> Digest- digestible? Well, I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> it's always like hard to get an elevator pitch for Ayurveda because it's so big. It's big, yeah. <laughs> but it's basically the science of life, that's how it's translated. But looking to nature first to find balance to find nourishment um ayurveda is um, a traditional system um coming from the indus valley cultures it's over six thousand years old and actually it was the ayurvedic system that informed the traditional chinese medical system and many other um systems today so one of the first things that um, you know we as Ayurvedic practitioners look at is an, what's called an individual's constitution or dosha. Um, 
And, you know, we look at the five elements, air, ether, water, fire, and earth. And essentially every living being contains some balance of a certain percentage of the elements. And so, for example, if a person is mostly fire and a little bit of water, we call that pitta. If a person is very earthy and watery, earth and water, we call that kapha. If someone is air and ether space, we call that vata. And that's like the simple <laughs> uh, kind of perfect. Open, okay. Perfect. <laughs> There's yeah. The, people, the can, people can dive in with you more deeply <laughs> at another time, but that's perfect. <laughs> Keep, keep okay, going. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> right. um, do you want me to expand upon that, or if you have anything else to add, you don't have. Oh, to. Okay. I mean, just like you can be um, tridoshic, so you could actually be a tricky human and have all three, all three, um, yeah, vata, pitta, and kapha. Or and usually people also have a primary dosha and a secondary dosha. So it's mm-hmm. like I'm pitta kapha, I'm vata pitta. So. The foods that we eat all have constitutions as well. The seasons have constitutions. The things that we put on our skin, that all has constitutions, like the carrier oils, the essential oils. And so it's just like if you are primarily fire and water, you want to bring in air, ether, and earth. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like you seek out, just looking at the elements, you want to balance yourself because like, you know, increases like and so if you are very very hot there you want to cool down you want to find some 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 space and some air and so essentially now that self-information guides who you be in this world and how you be in this world so there thank you perfect (laughs) i i was laughing because I'm I'm tridoshic in my uh, like I've had my pulse red and things like that and often people misunderstand that because they're like oh you must be in balance all the time I'm like no 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 <laughs> no 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 <laughs> I promise you I am not it actually means they can all be spectacularly out of balance all at once <laughs> yes <laughs> which I think is true for everybody whatever their constitution is and so I like hearing that about oh feeding in the like an opposite or a different energy in order to find something that's harmonious or equal and looking to nature. I hadn't, I hadn't heard of that for Ayurveda. And is that a guiding part of what's in your book? Cause it's such a natural, natural products or things you can make yourself in your book. Correct. Yes, Absolutely. I touch on that a little bit in the book, but that is definitely not like the the bread and butter of the book. But I mean, really, nature is the mirror. And that is always kind of a, the premise of, of Ayurveda. Um, you know, nature, look, look to nature. And I mean, I do touch a little bit, like if you are like, I don't know what my constitution is. Oh my goodness. How am I supposed to figure out what, what to make? Well, just like go by where you are in the moment. How do you feel? Is your mind wandering? Are you like kind of up in the clouds? If so, 
you probably at this moment, regardless of what your constitution is, regardless of whether or not you're tridoshic, right? You need some grounding. You need to like draw the incarnated spirit down, pull it in. And so if you think about trees or earth, you know, maybe some essential oils of tree bark would help to ground you. Maybe some like resinous earthy essential oils or carrier oils would help to ground you instead of really light, watery, ethereal ones that will kind of woo, add to the, the uplift. Um, so, yeah. I can, I can visualize that as you're describing it and <laughs> for myself, but also just like watching other energies and people around. Is that something that, um, I mean, all of these healing arts, did you feel any of an inclination towards like, what I, I kind of call it like witchiness in like the best possible way, yeah. even like <laughs> as a kid, or was this something that you grew into later in your journey of traveling? Yeah, I think I was always very witchy. <laughs> <laughs> I embraced that fully, but I grew into it. I grew into like owning it and being comfortable with it and just like, you know, openly having conversations that some would be like what is she talking about but it always works out I always like be able to explain to people you know this is rooted in this that and just elementally <laughs> and your soul coming down like presently I'm a I'm a Waldorf educator and it's so funny because I'm like wow this is great because people like understand <laughs> like like I can have these like very kind of pedagogical conversations but also go into to the spirit and go into the soul and you know talk about lives and it's accepted in a, in a way that um oftentimes not so I think it's just find your tribe and uh carry on <laughs> so important I'm glad you found that and that and there doesn't sound like there's any need to limit yourself yeah wow definitely Ugh. expansion <laughs> yeah there's so always cool. another window or door to open and explore. That's like what I love about this like healing path because it really is the path of understanding yourself, but also the world around you and then making the, the connection that it is the same, right? <laughs> and so it's like, how do you let that complex internal world is very much tied into this really complex external world and like, there's a way to be in harmony with both. Even when you feel like a complete lack of control, there's a time to surrender. There's a time to, you know, dig in the heels. And it, there, it's, I don't know, I find a great deal of comfort kind of navigating the world with that perspective, as opposed to, you know, just other ways of, of being. Thank you. That sounds so like, like you're, immersed in living and yeah. I was looking at um your website and you talk a lot about thriving and and this concept of a birthright can you share a bit about those concepts and what you see as um thriving in this life because it sounds like you're starting to describe it a bit <laughs> thank you for pointing that out yeah so I just, I really feel like a lot of people limit themselves or feel as though 
this is who I am and I cannot access this, that, or the other thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I get, I get it a lot. It's like, oh, you're so calm, but then you're a yoga teacher. So that's why blah, blah, blah. And that's why you're so positive. And I'm like, no, like I, I can be very not calm. I'm a mom. I I like live in New York city. I drive in the city and I'm like, you know, sometimes, but like, we have to acknowledge that everyone's birthright is to be peaceful and happy and in balance and harmonious. Like you do not have to accept all of the, like, there's, there's ways to interpret the hardship and those can really be lessons that help move us through. Like if you, it's kind of like yin yoga, right? You have to find that edge and look it right in the eye and just breathe into it in order to get to that next edge, to keep moving through. And oftentimes we get stuck. We're like, oh, this is hard. Oh, this is hard. I can't. And that's like, like open up your container, like expand and you'll find that with the right mindset, which automatically is going to draw the law of attraction, positive things into your sphere. Like you can do, you can have, you can experience the quality of life love abundance whatever it is that you want it's like everyone's birthright to fully develop themselves as as human beings that's why we're here in this particular life time in this particular format with this particular set of challenges so that we can learn figure things out and keep moving so yeah <laughs> thank you that the keep moving i love i'm like picturing even as you're describing challenges, I could see not exactly waves because it was like water, but also they were hard, like that word edge. And then, but this way that you can like keep going. And you're right. I think so many people, myself included many times, get stuck in a moment or a time or something traumatic. And then there's all of these beliefs that form around that and are there ways that you have found helpful either for yourself or clients to I think this is vastly general so maybe there's a specific thing <laughs> that comes to mind but like what if you can't get through that wave or that edge is there like what do you do yeah I mean acknowledge it it's okay it's like that was really hard this is a really traumatic thing that happened to me and it's not my fault and it's not fair maybe even but it happened and let's look at that and let's look at how we're feeling with regards to it let's let's get in there like everyone carries like little traumas within their you know somatic physical body and you know Trauma is so difficult because it can be stored for a very long time until <laughs> it wants us to deal with it or until we're ready to deal with it. And it comes out in like the most bizarre ways. And sometimes it feels like we don't have control and just acknowledging that it's okay to slow down. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to reach out for help and say, this is tricky. Um, I do a lot of work with the Akashic Records as well, which I find mm -hmm. is really helpful at understanding just like the whole soul picture as to why this is happening now. Um, and it's like that understanding also helps to kind of move through the block. 
um, and get to a point where it's like, you know, there's just like this more balanced way of carrying the trauma, the balanced way of acknowledging that this happened. It's not necessarily even, in my opinion, that it's going to go away. Like you can say that like, oh, I've healed. It's, it's a lifelong process. Like you can heal from something and then 10 years later, right? There's a trigger and you get right back into that same place. And so it's just like the constant work, like with Ayurveda, constantly working to keep yourself in balance, constantly like checking yourself. But that is, that is the, that's whatever a human is trying. <laughs> that's being human friends. I'm sorry. It's not easy. Yeah. No, I'm really glad you shared that because also because there seems to often be this like dichotomy around you're either like quote unquote healed or you're not. Right. And therefore you can't be one or the other. And, and maybe if you aren't on this path of healing, then you can never thrive. Right. There, there seems to be a lot of absolutes that people hold um but what you just described to me is like meeting yourself (laughs) and meeting like wherever you are over and over and over and over again and knowing that's going to change which is like mind-blowing because humans tend to think we're one way all the time yeah and we often carry these like you can be such a wonderful person and you're like, I'm bad because I remember I'm like this. I'm just, I have this hard time with this and ah, I'm so this and I wish I weren't like this. And it's like, but you're kind of not always like that. And you know, people love you. You have friends, people come to you. Like, let's just stop the negative. There's so much negative self-talk too about this like fixed mindset, this fixed like form of self. <laughs> so I wonder too then about this idea of, I love hearing about the skin being this like most gigantic organ and in relationship to thriving and healing and from the outside in with this concept of beauty, what, like, what does beauty mean in that context to you in this healing context? Balance. Balance. It does not mean, and I talk about this in the book. I'm like, most of us are conditioned to cover things up, right? And this cover up ourselves, and then we're beautiful once we have this mask of makeup or this mask of whatever. But here it's like uncovering and letting things breathe, letting things open up. That is beauty, finding the balance in a very, very natural way. And maybe, you know, you're naturally applying, um, you know, lip tint to your lips and that's fine but like just allowing the fullness of who you are to to be present before we're like oh this is a problem this is a problem oh I wish I didn't and covering everything up so that to me is natural beauty and and acknowledging that like we don't need to carry around all this uh, energetic toxic weight of chemicals that we put into our bodies because we cannot be our best selves. Um, oftentimes, a lot of the inflammatory um, conditions, a lot of the um, rashing conditions, like thinking of eczema also being inflammatory, but you know, that is a result of sometimes what we're choosing to put on ourselves um, and not necessarily of, you know, uh, 
that's not necessarily your natural balanced state, but that's just mm. what you're holding and you think that it is. And so, uh, or you think that it's your natural state. And so releasing and coming, just like coming clean and then enhancing instead of covering up. That's, that's natural beauty to me. Mm. I love that. I love that, like not covering up. Yeah. Because that works on so many levels. And meeting yourself where you are in a very spiritual, internal way. Also, like in coming to meditation, right? You don't want to cover up. Why are we doing it externally? It's just meet yourself where you are. How do you think this then, say everybody was doing this? How would that translate into the collective? Oh, my goodness. Well, I think if you're meeting yourself where you are and you're really in deep acknowledgement of that, you're also able to meet other people where they are. And if you're meeting yourself where you are and and really working on not judging yourself, you're able to collectively look at other people on their journeys. And it's like, yeah, it's bumpy. We're not perfect. We bump into walls. We bump into each other. But at the end of the day, we can still press reset and come come together again you know and so it's like if there's you're giving yourself grace you're seeing yourself for who you are as the soul on this journey by default you're doing it to other people and we need so much more of that in this world right now for sure Mm, yes absolutely i love that vision (laughs) what's it been like to take your book on tour oh gosh it's been really interesting um you know, when I <laughs> signed my um, publishing contract, it was January of 2020. I did not see this pandemic. I did not see like all of the, like my book launch was literally on Zoom. <laughs> like, I just, I, you know, you know, like when you envision what it will be like, talk about like just flexibility and surrendering to the moment and like, okay, ego self, stop it. This, this is what it is. And that this is great. And so it has been, you know, like different engagements. I'm like, oh no, all these people came. This is great. And then two weeks later, there's like a new variant out and then you have this event and it's like three people and you're like, oh no, what does this mean? It's just like, stop. The world is in so much flux right now, but it is what it is. And that that's it. It is what it is. And so yeah, just, it's been really fun, though, to talk to people um, about Ayurveda and about just using natural products um, in, in, in the way that I've been able to. People have had, like, I have a question about this. And it's just so fun to, like, engage and hear other people's perspectives. Like, oh, yeah. I remember when I was young, my mom always gave me castor oil. I thought she was crazy. I didn't know why. No, she was like totally Ayurvedic, like like making these connections. And like when I grew up, I my my um great aunt used to do this. She was from Italy, and that is my great aunt was from you know Malaysia, and she did the same thing. And it's like a really cool like just cross cultural conversation, you know, about like how people have healed themselves and taken care of themselves over time it's just been really neat to meet people and and uh talk about this and then when I do my workshops so fun to guide people through the process of making things and that they get to take home um so it has overall been really fantastic (laughs) I my heart just like bubbled like it I don't have a better word for it it's like it's like bubbling up with like joy 
hearing you describe it and and this like unity that's happening from people who might have felt like they were the only one who had this aunt who did whatever and yes wow all over the world these plants being this unifying force so cool I'm glad you're being able to interact with people and with readers and and making their own like skincare products and own beauty products and health products I I wonder like is that the concept for some people that is like mind-blowing like you, you can actually do that yes in many ways <laughs> I mean for me when I first experienced it I was like whoa I have so much control over what goes on in my body and my you know mm. But when I work with clients when I'm one, and even when I talk to people in these group settings, I'm like, in the same sense that you might get a little shopping list together, this week I'm going to have lasagna, and then I'm going to have, you know, this, and you you buy for that. You can do that for your skincare. Just like, And it's such a compassionate way to meet yourself in the moment. Like, oh, it is 95 degrees outside. It is humid. I am feeling this. I want a face mask that has these qualities. This week, I want to make a toner or a spray that is going to cool me down and do X, Y, and Z. I would like to make a face cream that has a little bit of UV, natural UV protection in it, and it's going to do da, 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 da. And you buy for that, and you prepare it. And, you know, I always, like, encourage people to do one, two, even up to four ounce um, bottles so that... You can put it in your refrigerator. Um, you don't have to worry about preservatives and you use it in a week or two. You don't have to worry about it dying and getting old. And then you make again, you know, the next, you know, whether Sunday's your day or Wednesday, however you do it, this is my preparation day. Spend an hour, you know, having fun, turn on your music, make your things and then go, go play with them. And, you know, you have it and you have the tools and, you know, if you have roommates or like um, family members living with you, share, you know, it's, it's just really, I think it's really fun. It's a, if you're a crafty person or if you like to cook, I think this will naturally just appeal to your senses because it's essentially the same thing just from the outside in. <laughs> I love it. So cool. Uh, so where can people find the book? Where can people find out more about you? Oh, yeah. So the book is available really anywhere books are sold. So if you go on target.com, amazon.com, or even walk into your local independent bookstore and say, I'd like to order this book, Natural Beauty from the Outside In, um, by Sojourner Walker Williams, they will be able to look it up in their database database and get it. Um, And I have a website. It's just sojournerwilliams.com. And the book is available there. And you can also find out about me and the services that I offer. Amazing. And I will be sure to put that information in the show notes as well. So I think it's good for people to hear it and then they can click through with ease. (laughs) Sounds wonderful. (laughs) Thank you you so much. I'd love to transition now into what I call plant spirit reading, if you're open to that. So open. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited. So. What I usually do and what I've done here is I like bring you to mind. So earlier today I was like sitting and it's like, hmm, which plant would like to come and work with Sojourner? And instantly, it's not always instant, but instantly one plant came and then another one came like an hour later. 
So mm. I think there are two. Okay. Okay. And the first one that came was Saffron. Ah. Which I don't actually work with or know really much about. But I have I have some information. It, do you know anything about Saffron? Or have I, you worked with Saffron before? I just know that Saffron is a common used Ayurvedic um, addition, especially when making rice. It's like you sprinkle the saffron in and, and it, uh, when you are you know, slow cooking your rice, boiling your rice, and it's often used as well to pacify the energy of lentils. So, <laughs> okay, cool. I, I, yeah, I've only worked with saffron in cooking. So I did do some uh, like research energetically. And I had a call earlier today with someone who I thought might have some information and she shared mm. a bit with me as well. So I, I, I didn't know that saffron comes from a crocus. Neither did I. <laughs> yeah. And it's so beautiful crocus, purple plant and saffron is very very expensive because as a as an herb because to extract the um the stigma from the plant that's what the actual saffron is so it's taken from the crocus and i think a lot of this is done by hand because it's such a delicate process so there's a lot of hand care and a lot of being i would hope being with the nature of the plant and there's just such beauty in the crocus and in saffron. It's like infused with beauty and, mm. and this idea of in a way rarity, not that it's a rare plant, but that the extraction process is so unique. So there's that element, I think of her spirit as well. Mm. It's like beautiful, unique being. Um, when I asked my friend India, uh, India Hunt, about this, instantly she said that saffron is worked with as a tea to help induce labor. <laughs> and I laughed and I said, oh, so funny because this person happens to be pregnant. Because <laughs> I didn't say anything about you. Not That's a so word. Funny. Beautiful hint. <laughs> so. From a practical perspective, perhaps <laughs> saffron, if you need it in the moment, will be there to support you at that time. Love it. Oh my goodness. Yes. I would say <laughs> don't work with her before that time because it sounds like she's very potent at, at delivering. So we want to make sure it's at the right time. <laughs> that is really, really excellent information. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> So could be coming as a practical guide as well. Um, yeah. And then yeah. the other was birch. Ooh. Do you have any relationship with birch before I dive in a bit about her reading? I just love birch bark. Just the aesthetics of birch bark. I think it's beautiful, especially on the holidays. Um, so when you said that, I was like, oh, that that's I just the aesthetics of birch makes me smile and happy that oh, the birch bark candles and it's just so beautiful very cool I uh, yes so much beauty and birch so from my understanding of birch birch is one of the 
or really like the first tree on the planet. And so it has mm. this like trailblazing quality. And especially when it comes to communication and writing. So birch is a letter in the original Irish alphabet and in very, very ancient Sanskrit. There's like, you really? go back far enough and there, yeah. Um, so she, I say she, just not meaning gender specific, just mother earth plant-based yeah. energy. Um, often I see Birch as this like communicator to or helping humans have language in order mm-hmm. to communicate. But that language I feel originally, and maybe this is in some of the work you've done with the Akashic Records, I don't know because I don't really know them as well. Um, but plant language and human language at some point were the same. Yes. Okay. We were able to communicate. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. and I think that is part of Birch's message and wisdom. It's always constantly evolving and getting to this next new thing and next new pathway forward. Hmm. Very heavily based in language and communication. That's awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, lots of other things, but that's the aspect that's coming to mind given our conversation and what she's sort of nudging me to communicate on behalf, on her behalf. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Uh, and you can drink birch bark. Mm-hmm. And have you ever had like experienced? I have not. I, I've had birch tincture before, okay. but I have not had birch tea and I've actually not taken saffron in a tea form either. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder what they'd be like together. I wonder if there's some sort of a mixture that I'm supposed to communication and I'm hearing letting go from the saffron in addition to like the, the inducing labor. It's kind of like the, the big surrender release. So hmm. <laughs> and and given the fact that you have an Ayurvedic background, I would be curious to learn about the doshas of these beings and I wonder I wonder what happens when they work together I'm very curious absolutely I'm feeling probably a little bit of a uh definitely the kapha influence but I'm wondering what else might might be there so I'll I'll let you know I'll do some research (laughs) cool um anything else you would like to add before we close or ask um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit with this and definitely on my altar, perhaps sprinkle some saffron and get a little bit of a birch bark or a birch um branch and and add it to my winter altar. So solstice is around the corner. It's time to do a little altar upgrade. So I really appreciate this inspiration because now I have new energy to work with. So thank you pleasure and thanks to the plants and thanks to the trees i feel like they are really guiding it all 100 (laughs) percent. thank you so much for sharing today i really appreciate it and i can't wait to hear how this continues to unfold yes thank you so much heather this was a pleasure thanks again so much sojourner for sharing with us today and we hope that this podcast will help everyone who's listening Peel away any layers that aren't serving you so that you can find your own beauty from the outside in. 
if you'd like to learn more about working with the plants, their medicine, their spirit, energy, consciousness, and more, you can check out my collection of plant spirit short reads available on amazon.com or find out more at my website, majesticwisdompublishing.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so at anchor.fm or contact me and we can figure out how. With love and magic, until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you.